Spending all of eternity on my college campus sounds like a horrific nightmare. Well, I am sorry to tell you that that is more of a possibility than you might imagine. More and more colleges are choosing to have burial places for their students on campus. Welcome to Plot Twist. My name's Morgan, and I got a $700 fine from my college for not going to church. My college is a cult. <laughs> my name's Janelle, and my freshman year of college, I performed a song called Tight Pants that <laughs> my friend and I wrote um, for his talent when he was in the Mr. University pageant. We brought our guitars up there and we sung our hearts out. This is Plot Twist, A Grave Affair. We're talking about everything that happens at the funeral home and beyond. Do you have a recording in this? I don't think, I have to ask him. I, don't, I haven't seen it since Tight the pants. day. Tight pants, how did it go? Um, so one of the song lyrics was, as long as, and I can't believe as long as girls wear their tight pants, things will be all right. And then something about just wrap yourself in your Snuggie and watch some sh- Shark Week. Like all these like 2010s references. Oh, like trendy, man, trendy. this would be so good. I know. The fact that, but like why did I, did I participate? I helped write this song. This like oh, man. misogynistic song. <laughs> Do you have a talent for weird songwriting? I do, I do. And that song was really, I mean, and we worked so hard on that. Like, it was the stupidest song, but we worked our asses off on that song. I mean, because, like, we had to write a guitar part, we had to write verses. Like, he was inspired by his um, toaster oven catching on fire that we weren't allowed to have on campus. We worked really hard on that. The Rebel. Yeah, I know, I know. It was so fun, actually. You need to find these lyrics because I I probably haven't written them somewhere. I want to hear them. That was my big. It was honestly a blast. Meanwhile, all the other girls who are participating... This sounds like such a pick-me move, but it's really not. All the other girls that were participating were like dates. You know, like they you'd have a date that would like walk with you during oh. the fancy part. But so my... nobody else sang. This was like very unique. No, this, is, this was the talent. So oh, some okay. people did sing, oh, but okay. I was the only girl who came because it was a Mr. Walsh pageant. So mm. I came up and I sang because my boyfriend at the time didn't want me to <laughs> accompany him because it might hurt his chances of winning. Although he was already, you know what, I'm not going to be mean, but he didn't have a chance of winning, let's just say that. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Well, often more depressing things yeah, we're talking um, about. We're talking about burial gardens, cemeteries, columbariums on college campuses. For his long as we've been doing this podcast and as long as we've been obsessed with all things death related this had actually never occurred to me that there would be cemeteries on college campuses i don't think our college campuses didn't have them so like why would we true think about that most young people going to college aren't thinking about death (laughs) maybe if we had a cemetery on our campus and i was very surprised 
to find out that there are multiple universities in Ohio that have burial grounds on campus. Denison University, Kenyon University, there's some Catholic college near Columbus. I was really hoping we could visit, but they're all over an hour away. We didn't really have time these past few weeks because it's been insane. But that really kind of threw me for a loop because I had no idea. I didn't realize it either until you started talking about it and I started researching cemeteries in or on college campuses and there are so many. Yes. And like not all of them are old cemeteries. No. Many of them are new ones because people today want to lie on the grounds that they blossomed. <laughs> well, I feel like it's becoming more and more popular for alumni and like donors. They become more and more invested in their universities than they ever ever have been. These richy rich people because they know that nobody's coming to visit them from their family so they yeah. need to go to the college campus. I don't know. That's actually this a good point. I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't understand why anybody would want to be buried on campus. It makes me feel... This is so judgy. It makes me feel like you don't have any friends. Like a peach in college type deal? Yeah. Like you don't have friends or family who are going to come visit you when you're gone or care about where you're buried. So it made more sense to me when I started to realize that a lot of these people who are being buried there are professors, presidents of the school, if it's a religious institution, priests or something. So they're a little bit more... The priests, I understand. Yeah. Presidents of the university kind of understand, but in this day and age, not really. Right. I don't know. So the big thing that I, in the past like 20 years or so, 15 years or so, that it seems like is, is the up and coming afterlife trend in universities is columbaria and we if you don't know what a columbarium is we also recently learned this in another episode but it's one of those walls or towers or some sort of structure that holds urns behind them so there's a little stone or a plaque that tells you who's behind it and then the urn is sealed behind it so nothing has to be buried underground. They're pretty easy to build. And do you know who has a columbarium? Tell me. I did tell you this already, but I want to make it sound exciting. Um, my oh. sister's college, Mount Union in Alliance, Ohio. I asked her to go take a picture for me, and she grudgingly agreed. I texted her today. Do you take a picture of the columbarium for me? And she's like, I haven't had time. She's a commuter, though, so she's got a good excuse for it because she, like, has to go home at the end of the day. She can just drive her car to the other end of campus, get out of the car, take a little picture, get back in the car and go home. That's what I'm saying, but... I mean, unless she wants to make, like, a big deal out of it, like, picnic in front of the dead or do her homework there. I don't know. She's not... She's more normal than me, so... So did she take the picture? No! She's been too busy studying. Boo-hoo. Studying's for losers. So sick of these You'll graduate whether you study. You'll graduate whether you'll study or don't. Don't listen to me. 
you're gonna get your bachelor's degree and then 10 years later you're gonna be making a podcast about something totally unrelated that has 20 listeners so it doesn't matter what you do mount union it's in the neighborhood but that my dad just moved into oh my god! the end of his street are fraternity houses oh i know exactly he's where he right lives, there we have to go then this is a promise to you listeners we're gonna put upload like some kind of tiktok or something so we can show you what it looks like ourselves because college <laughs> students cannot be relied upon apparently I mean, ain't that the truth? It is the truth. But I'm kind of curious to see what kind of people are buried there. I'm wondering if it's like a lot of alumni, probably a lot of rich people. But when Duke University unveiled their memorial garden in 2007, I was reading this article. Um, apparently, it's it's for burial of ashes only. Which is kind of odd. Like, they don't actually do bodies, but they have a memorial garden where you can bury your ashes. Okay. So not really even a typical cemetery. It cost $25,000 for one person to have their ashes buried there. You're going to catch that big swallow on this. (laughs) (laughs) What? I know. I feel like it's almost like a donation Wouldn't grab. that be better to pay for a student's tuition? You're right. Yeah, it's just a way to get donors to come in and be more committed to the Is school. It? Are people really doing it? I think so. Is Duke even that big of a deal? Duke is kind of a big deal. Ugh. <laughs> I mean... What you wouldn't catch me getting buried on my college campus, no matter where I went. Twenty-five thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna see if we ever go to Duke and we look at the Memorial Garden. Yes. I'm gonna be pointing and saying, "You stupid! You stupid! (laughs) You stupid! You're not financially responsible." (laughs) Yeah, we'll know how. Like you're. You're sharing how you spend your money, and it was stupid. Yeah, you're like, th- that's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. I know how much money you spent to be in this garden. It's not impressive. It's just embarrassing. You could probably put in a pool for that much money. Yeah, like a nice pool. Yeah, you could probably have a midlife crisis with that money. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go into a couple examples of college cemeteries and their stories, but... I want you to get an idea of where we're coming from, from our college experiences. And, you know, because that's going to shape the way that we feel about being buried on campus. So, Morgan. I feel very badly (laughs) about being buried on campus. This would be some sick joke for somebody to bury me on Malone's campus. Post-mortem. Post-Malone. I just want to throw that in there. Post. Anyway. My college experience was terrible. I went to a super, super, super conservative Christian university. And they hated gays. And they hated happiness. And they hated life. And they hated breathing. (laughs) And they hated anybody that didn't look like Jesus Christ himself. And they fined you for cussing. They fined you for not... Fined? They fined you... For not going to church, 
How often did you have to go to church? You had to, well, you had to get in so many chapel credits per semester. And a lot of kids would even go to chapel and study, like sit there in the pews and study, but they would get yelled at for doing that. Stop. So you couldn't use it as a study period. And you had to have like the door open 90 degrees. There's no privacy. Everybody was culty. I can't say enough bad things about it. It was I almost such a weird exited place. society entirely after the whole experience. And I almost married a literal rat. Oh my ring by spring anybody? <laughs> anyway, that he was, was my a experience. rat though. inside and out. A yeah, rat. inside and out. You know who you are if you're listening to this. And if you are, obviously you're creeping on me. So like get off the pod. <laughs> but actually we need listeners. So don't. Yeah, it, yeah it's fine. You're, we'll give you a pass for this one. But yeah, that was my experience. And it shaped my social and emotional well-being. So you can and it's see. it's teetering to this day. <laughs> it hasn't quite recovered. I have not recovered. Years of therapy have not fixed me. So you can see, everyone can see where you're, why you're so abhorred by the idea of (laughs) spending the rest of eternity on campus. Don't you dare. There's two things I don't want you to do to my body. Do not cremate me. I do not want to go into the fire. I know that I'm dead, but I don't know what happens after death. What if my consciousness or my spirit sticks around and is just like watching my body or with my body, but not in my body? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be present for any of that, even if I'm not present in the way I am now. You mm. know, like I don't know what happens for sure when I'm gone, and I don't want to have to see myself getting burned up on the off chance that that's what happens. All right, heard. Don't Jeff. want it, and I don't want to be buried. At Malone University (laughs) or near it. Don't have me anywhere between Louisville and Canton. I can promise you that won't happen over my dead body. Amen. So what was your college experience like? My college experience. I went to a Catholic liberal arts school, Walsh University, for nursing. My first, like, three years was just, like, newfound like a soup a a swamp of newfound independence deep deep mental illness and just debauchery chaos just it was so much fun it was so much fun and it was the worst time of my life um all at once and then one day i woke up i was a junior in college i guess i was a senior for the first time i I was a senior two years super senior same same i woke up one day i had three jobs i was working 40 hours a week i was doing 12 hour clinicals for school i had a a full nursing like schedule and i don't know what happened to me (laughs) i don't know what how you slept i when you ate i didn't sleep before because i was just you know up all night thinking that was normal farting around and so then i just did it with work and studying 
doesn't sound like as much fun. No. It got progressively less fun. Freshman year was like the top, and then it just got less and less fun as I went along. So I wouldn't say it was Such ideal. Such is life in general. Y- yes. Yes. Okay, so now we got that out of the way, and you understand why we are the way we are. <laughs> you understand everything about us now. Yeah, you really, yeah, you really don't need to know anything else. Uh, I'm going to go into one of the oldest college cemeteries in the United States, which is at Iowa State University. Iowa, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think their mascot is? Do you know? Am I like, no, I have no oh. idea. Um, corn. That was exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Just like it's Midwestern corn something. The fighting corns. Um, Ooh. The corny corns? <laughs> the corny cobs. Ooh, I like that one better. Um, the first person buried there was in 1875. And... It was a recent graduate. This is actually like so tragic. A recent graduate who didn't have any family to take care of his burial. So they just buried him on the university grounds. I think he was like 23. He died of some kind of infectious illness. And so they just buried him there. Was it typhoid? Um, Probably. Black plague, bubonic plague, etc., etc. So the university just took care of it then. Yeah, because he had no one else to take care of it. That's kind of sweet. It is kind of sweet morbid but sweet so then the board of trustees of iowa state university were inspired by this burial and they ended up creating a five acre cemetery so they went all out that's pretty big that's huge i mean considering they already have a college campus now are they continuing on in the tradition of paying for the students burials (laughs) no damn no this is this is the 21st century Universities aren't really altruistic in any way, shape, or form (laughs) anymore. So the cemetery expanded again in 1936 when the university purchased land from a nearby farm. And there were already three graves from the family graves on the property. Of course. So today the cemetery covers around between 1.7 acres and 5 acres. What? I found two different numbers and I was like, I... That's like a really big difference, not like a... I think the 1.7 is like the actual burial ground part of things, but I think there's technically 5 acres that they own of that. Um, hmm. It's one of the largest official university cemeteries in the nation there are around 900 graves and most of which are former faculty and staff only three students have been buried on campus it's probably too expensive i wonder if it's a perk of being a staff member like hey you know Mm. that benefits plan we have for you if you die that's true but there are a lot of requirements actually um they changed over the years, but I think they've become a little bit more stringent. So now you must be a tenured professor or higher, like some kind of administration, for at least 20 years at I'm rolling my Iowa eyes State. right now. Yeah, she majorly rolled her eyes, which, fair. 20 years, tenured professor or higher. Or you could be their spouse or their unmarried child. 
So as soon as they get but married. But not a married child. No, as soon as they get married, they just throw you to the wolves. They're like, the, your spouse can take care of That's your That's how it feels grave. to get married anyway. Honestly, though, your family's just like, bye. Um, you also may not have quit or been let go from your position at the university. You have to either, like, die while you're there or retire. So there's, mm. I mean, mm. the fire thing kind of makes sense, but... <laughs> <laughs> All grave markers must be flat, except for the graves in the memorial reservation section, which is for university presidents and their families only, the VIP section. They have all these tall gravestone pillar things that are... Because they're the most important? Yeah, they need everyone to know Of course. that they're... The cream of the cream. Obviously, the janitor that worked there for 25 years is just the lowest of the low. And right. the president obviously needs to shine through with right. their pointy, large tombstones. Right. I mean, because with the janitor, what? If they didn't have a janitor, everything would be dirty and filthy and disgusting. Who cares? Without the president, she, yeah. they wouldn't have a <laughs> fundraiser that's who i can't get over the motions that you're like making right now <laughs> what what I'm yeah getting... janitors can't get tenure i'm getting passionate over here on a positive note there is one dog buried there oh isn't that cute it was a oh wait there is a janitor i forgot i wrote but this he's down not, he doesn't have the nice pointy grave right no and this was before our the current rules where they have to be a tenured professor so there is some janitorial staff buried here i forgot about this but yeah janitor and his little dog are buried t- next to each other which is the janitor and his dog yeah they got buried together oh that's Isn't really that so sweet. sweet so there's a heartwarming thing after the end of all that that's heartwarming but yeah that's just a brief history of one of the this is the original one my husband was listening about that inspired us so that is so cool. I mean, not all the stuff about the stipulations. Yeah, to, it's I kind mean, of. Why would you want to be there anyway? But I know. It's interesting. It's very interesting. And I love the janitor and his dog. That's... Can we Google now if they're a mascot's mm. corn? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Because, oh, what about the mascot? I feel like they should be able <gasps> to be buried there. No, you're so right. You're so right, actually. The spirit of the school? Come yeah. on. Ooh, both in life and in death. Ooh, love that. That should be like a t-shirt. Oh. What is it? His name is Sai. first of all. Hate that. And he's a cardinal. Oh, he, no, he's I not, really have my heart set on corn. He's got some really scary teeth. He's got a really, really scary smile, actually. Oh. So, no, I'm I'm taking it back. The mascot <laughs> is not allowed to be married, no. on, buried on campus. No. Sorry, I'm going to walk that one back. Right, Morgan. All right. So, I have a story. We're going to be talking about Fordham University, and we're just going to give you a little bit of background. So it's located in New York, and it was founded in the year 1841. Hmm. Before or after the plague, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We're so good at history. 
Anyway, it was founded by a man called John Hughes. Wow, what a name. It's just such a boring name. Any Hugh? John Hugh? Anywho, John Hugh was the founder of the university, and he later became the Archbishop of New York. Fun fact. So the university first started out with just six students and was once staffed by all clergymen. Fordham has a really interesting history and a lingering conspiracy attached to the graveyard. Ooh. Of course, Fordham has a graveyard. Why would we be even talking about them in this episode if they did not? The Fordham University Cemetery. The plot was used originally for students and staff, as well as some neighboring Jesuit institutions. So it was sweet. You know, they originally had it just for... There are students and staff there, and you didn't have to pay $25,000. Right. So was, that was a nice perk it back feels like in the a, day. It like a family cemetery. It's yeah. people who care about each other and live together. It was very together. much like a neighborhood cemetery, like religiously speaking. Yeah. Not really like for the neighbors down the road, but they probably would have welcomed them in because they're nice. The cemetery is located or was located and we'll talk about that on an idyllic hillside on the eastern part of the campus the first person buried in it was a man by the name of joseph credence joseph was a jesuit brother and was a young 26 at the time of his death unfortunately he died only two short months after entering the jesuit religious order oh i know i know it's super sad but we're over it, so we're moving on. Um, <laughs> very sad. Don't put that part in there. It's very, very sad. <laughs> anyway. Anywho. Anywho. He was the first to be buried there, and that was in 1847. Over the next 40 years, there were many more students, Jesuits, seminarians, and just university workers buried in this area. Eventually, Fordham lost this property that the burials were made on. All these original burials from, like, the 1840s, 50s, 60s, up into the 70s, I believe. They lost the property to the city, and it eventually became the New York Botanical Gardens. So losing this property caused uh, kind of a crisis within the Jesuit community because of all of those who were currently buried there. Yeah. One option at the time that they had considered was moving those buried to another local cemetery, not on campus, just another local Jesuit cemetery. So basically the Jesuit community didn't really like this option and they spoke up and requested that the bodies be retained someplace on the university campus. They didn't want to move them off campus. You know, they were, when they died, maybe they knew that's where they were going to be. Whatever, they wanted them still connected with the university. So they found a nice quiet spot in the university vineyard. Oh my gosh. They have a vineyard. I love it. That's just so fancy. I didn't know schools have vineyards, let alone cemeteries. So that's another thing I learned. They had a beautiful spot in the university vineyard, and they were moved there in January of 1890. The original grave markers that had been the wooden crosses were replaced with marble markers. 
So a little bit nicer and Ooh, it's going to okay. stand the test of time. The last person to be buried in the cemetery was Father William O'Brien in 1909. So between 1909 and 1950, the graveyard was nearly neglected. Like nobody really took care of it. People kind of forgot Aww. about it. But in the 1950s, they were working on a new building, Faber Hall, and they needed to relocate some of the burials again. This would be the third, no, second time? Second time they've moved, right? Second time, yes. This would be the second time that they would need to move. In less than a century. And I'm going to bring up again, they needed to relocate some. Oh. Mm-hmm. So you can see that might come with some problems. Yeah. Moving forward to 1998, the graveyard was considered an eyesore oh and many of the stones had been vandalized. This so, is why you can't have anything nice on college campuses. Exactly. So at this point, it's 1998. They've moved some, all and some of these graves. <laughs> All the first time, some the second time, and now uh, it's an eyesore. After all that work, can you imagine being the one to dig up all those bodies and move them and everyone's like, well, it's an eyesore, so. I know. Imagine the family is like, you think my family's an eyesore? Honestly, it's just so rude. So anyway, this college campus is just like really hating on these graves. So after all this, there's a new notion. There's whispers spreading through the campus. Mm -hmm. The kids are getting gossipy. And they've come up with this idea of the cemetery being a phantom cemetery, meaning uh, many of them believe that the graveyard held plots, but no bodies. Oh, so as if they had left the bodies in the original loca- original or second location mm-hmm. and just pretended like they moved the bodies. Exactly. Oh, my God. So this is a conspiracy theory that has been blown around campus literally ever since. This was like 1998, right? They're still talking about this today. What I love about this is it's so like quintessentially like, col- like a college experience to yes. have these weird rumors and superstitions exactly so it's kind of fun but they also might kind of be on to something so supposedly this whole idea of a phantom cemetery has been kind of proven wrong with archival records Mm -hmm. they keep saying archival records archival records but where the fuck is the motherfucking proof right because the records could easily be falsified and from my research, and I guess I only researched this for a couple of days, but you can find a lot in a couple of days of research on the internet, right? So I did not see anything that made me think this is completely false, this idea of phantom cemeteries, that we can put that idea aside. Mm-hmm. I, I still believe. So here's why. A permit of transfer was signed in 1890 approving the transfer of the bodies from one area of campus to another. And there's a picture of that, like a scanned photo of that archival paperwork. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, yeah, it's just a permit for moving the bodies. Oh, wow. That's it. 
So there's no actual proof of the bodies being moved. Not that I found. I could see the permit of transfer and all the signatures, but that's not really proof that they were actually transferred. It was just right. saying that, yes, these can be transferred. Mm-hmm. So maybe someone, someone out there or in the archives can prove differently, but I didn't really find anything. I mean, even if they do have documentation that it was moved, that the bodies were moved, does it really mean anything if we can't prove... We don't have any physical proof that the bodies moved locations. And it's weird that they keep saying that the archives disprove it, but the only piece of information that has been printed and, like, put out into, like, the internet, you know, Mm -hmm. is just the proof of transfer and nothing else. Yeah, that's not... That's kind of weird to me. I'm convinced. So, also, I was doing some research... I found an article. Um, it was from their university paper. It's called The Ram. So I guess that's their mascot. We'll look that up. Better See than if a it's cardinal. worthy. See if it's worthy of being put in their graveyard. Let's take a look. See what the Ram looks like. But anyway, I found an article from the Ram, which is the school newspaper and this was an article from 1976 and a reporter which was you know a student reporter was taking a tour of the cemetery with father thomas hennessy the church historian and professor so he knows he knows what's up and he stated that some graves were likely lost or moved in the relocation Ooh, lost that's exactly what he said. He didn't elaborate on it really too much, but he's the church historian and also a professor there. And he's saying that some, not all, but some were likely. That's worse than a phantom grave, though. That's like a lost unaccounted or for body. Or moved. So there's that. I I still think that the phantom cemetery could be partially true i i'm buying into it i was even looking on their school website because they even bring up this kind of quote-unquote myth about the cemetery being a phantom cemetery when you look on their website under under like the cemetery tab and there's facts about it and they said it's been disproven but even on their official website they don't have any proof yeah they just say, oh, it's been disproven. Take my word for it. And it not, and this is why. Right. Archival evidence. Okay. Period. I want to photograph. I want a video. Exactly. The only thing I found that they put out there is that proof of transfer. Or not even, it's not the proof of transfer. It's permission to transfer, basically. We need, like, some kind of underground sonar. We can see if there's bodies. the cadaver dogs. Which, (gasps) if you're interested, listen to the episode that comes out next. Anyway, what do you think about it? I think it could easily be just a campus myth. You know, there's always that scary place on campus or that haunted place. Our place was, was the tunnel. 
and that was a tunnel obviously beneath the road because our all of our sports facilities were across the street like the cross country field the football field all that it was a new build it was a new build wait what do you mean at walsh right it was a new build like that was fairly new that tunnel oh yeah yeah because they put so they, how did it get haunted so quickly well it wasn't haunted it was just a scary place you know oh because like people could catch you in the tunnel it was scary at night it was super dark there was one light very ominous and you never know who could be lurking on the other side so that was always the infamous tunnel although as a woman that is actually very scary it was legitimately they didn't scary. have like proper lights in there no, it, it, not really. There were lights, but... I feel like that's one of those places you put that emergency thing. Yes. You know, like the poles they have that's around campus, like emergency line, something. Yeah, that's what we needed. But they just were like, here is some fluorescent light, and good luck. Good luck, girls. Lovely. Yeah, but anyway, so it could just be something along those lines. Um, But like you said, there's not enough... I mean, I haven't seen enough proof to convince me that it's not true. Yeah, all they're saying is that they have proof, but they're not willing to show it to you. And the historian, the priest, mm-hmm. kind of also called bullshit on it. So I personally believe that there are some bodies buried there, but not as many as there should be. Maybe not as many as the number of grave markers mm-hmm. exactly That's weird so but do you think their new hall is built on top of bodies then that they said that they moved i bet you they couldn't find them mm. i'm wondering with all the transfers if they weren't properly marked where they were actually buried true so the hall could definitely be built on top of bodies that's a great it way to get haunted Although, I think if there were any bodies there, they probably would have found them within the process of excavating the area. Oh, yeah. Because they're not buried too deep. Yeah, I guess you're right. But they did say when building that hall that they only needed to move some bodies needed to be relocated. That's so weird. So... From my, from what that sounds like to me, they relocated only some, but the ones that are still there are now marked in the new graveyard, even though they aren't there. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. I think that's a good, that's. But I don't know if anybody that listens to this little tiny podcast goes to Fordham University. Oh, we would love to hear more. Oh my God. Please, please tell Any us. Any alums, anyone who has any inside info yeah anybody who worked in the archives please Please. disprove this whole thing yes yeah that's it that's the story that's the conspiracy that's a wrap that is a wrap and don't wrap us up and put us in the graves under i don't know don't bury us at our universities please i will come back and haunt that that everybody that is a pretty bad fate the only place i would i think work is the only place that i would want to be buried at less than my college i mean i don't like where i work at all but somehow i'd feel least like less offended if i was buried there Mm. 
Because I think they'd be people who would haunt it with me. You wouldn't be alone. I wouldn't be alone. But I would be alone at Post Malone. (laughs) Get it? Post. Post Postmortem. At Malone. Post Malone. Jokes always get better when you explain them. You know? (laughs) Post Malone, like the, the actual dude, not the dead, would never be allowed to play his music there. Oh, God. That is almost what makes it so funny to call it Post Malone. It'd be so funny. He'd probably get, like, asked to leave. <laughs> He'd definitely get asked to leave. He wouldn't be there in the first place. But if he was, like, what a radical move. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, John Hughes. John Hughes would later, in his papal, papal? No, it's papal. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like chapel, papal. John Hughes would later in his papal career. Papal. <laughs> I keep wanting to say papal. We want you to say papal. religious man thanks for listening if you like what you heard please rate and subscribe follow us on instagram at official underscore plot twist pod and email us at number one plot twist at gmail.com that's n-u-m-b-e-r one p-l-o-t T-W-I-S-T at gmail.com. Music credits to Matthew Modena and resources are in the description.